0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith, and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps us to keep a focus on our relationship with God to have a more spiritual, positive mindset, to be able to deal with the challenges of life each day. And it helps us to stay focused on our soul's salvation. You know people in your life, undoubtedly, who need to turn their thinking, their focus, their lives around. Help them to do that by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but share every day with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, literally everybody you can. You may help, ultimately, some people turn their life around and even get to heaven, and that'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make up your minds and share these short studies every day with everybody you can we're getting close to the end of our line of thought and study. We've been asking the question, why do good things happen to bad people? In the first three sections of this extensive study that we've been in for quite some time, we were asking why do bad things happen to good people, and we dealt with that reality and that seeming contradiction. And hopefully you are with us for those particular series. And if you were not, if you contact us <clears throat> through our website at churchofchrist.com, click on the email link, or you can phone us at 402-498-8397, then we'll be glad to send you uh, copies of those studies on CD. But it helped us understand that, even though what seems to be a contradiction, I'm trying to live a good life, but I'm struggling. And then I see these people over here and they're not living, trying to live a good life. They're living in sin and they know it and they seem to be, just do, be doing just fine. They don't seem to have any problems. Well, what seems to be on the surface is not always what is true beneath the surface. <clears throat> and ultimately what we see at the immediate moment is not what ultimately will be the reality down the road. And so all of us need to recognize that God is going to hold every one of us accountable for the deeds that we commit in our physical lives on this earth. Each one of us will have to give account, Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, to our Lord and Savior when he comes that final day of judgment to judge all mankind. In this last two sections, we've been asking the question, why do good things happen to bad people? Well, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? Both of these questions are prevalent within the minds of people on an ongoing basis, probably pretty much throughout time. We wonder at times, why does that happen? Why does God let that happen? Well, don't think that everything that happens is necessarily something that God made happen, but again, God allows some things to go on, and there are reasons and purposes behind that. In this particular last section of our study, we've been talking about how God at times bestows some blessings upon even bad people, ungodly people, unrighteous people, sinful people, As a means to try to reach them with the truth that God is the blessing giver. James said that every good thing, every perfect, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. If there's anything that is good in our lives, we have God to be thankful for it. John said the same thing basically in John chapter 3 verse 27 everything that is truly good in our lives. Now, sometimes we look at some things, we say they're good, and they're not really good. They're not good for us. But anything that is truly good is a blessing from God. And that ought to motivate people who are living in sin to open their eyes and recognize the goodness of God. And then that ought to motivate them to come to God in repentance and seeking forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Each person needs to humbly recognize God as the source of the truly good things in his life. And that recognition should motivate him to want to come and serve God. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. Now also, we talked about how God's goodness and patience should lead the unrighteous person to repentance god doesn't just zap somebody with a bolt of lightning right away the first time they commit a sin he's patient with us he's giving us time to open our eyes come to our senses and realize i need forgiveness i'm living the wrong lifestyle i need to come to god i need to change my life we keep encouraging you to help people see that re- that truth by sharing these short studies with them every day. Well, Romans chapter 2 verses 4 through 10 talks about God's goodness, his patience with us, giving us time. But ultimately, his patience will come to an end and we will all have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give account for the way we've lived our lives in this world, in this physical existence. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, Acts 10 and verse 42, Acts 17 verses 30 and 34, At 30 and 31, but right now God's desire is for all of us to come to repentance, to come to him for salvation through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but he expects us to come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, he doesn't want any of us to perish, but all of us to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord is coming. When all that we see around us will be burned up, and all of us will have to give account for the way we've lived our lives. Second Peter three verses 10 and 11. Now, in this past part of this that we've looked at, we need to understand that the devil is real. He's not some cute little guy about four feet tall in red flannel pajamas holding a pitchfork in his hand and he has these maybe cute little horns sticking up and he's got this tail coming off the back that's not the devil. Peter describes him as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. 2nd Peter 1st Peter chapter 5 in verse 8. He he identifies him as being our adversary or our enemy. This world is where the devil does his work. This world is his workshop, and we need to recognize that. Jesus referred to him repeatedly as the ruler of this world. John chapter 12 and verse 31. Now, not in the sense that, that he has authority over God, or somehow God does not have full authority over the ways of the world, no, but he is in that sense that, that he has such influence on mankind. Only as much as God allows, but this is where he does his work. He tries to pull precious souls away from God and into ungodliness and thereby eternal condemnation. We need to open our eyes. John chapter 14 and verse 30. Again, Jesus refers to him as the ruler of this world. Chapter 16 and verse 11 of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, He only rules if we let him rule in our lives. But we need to recognize that he's always there trying to pull us away, trying to get us to follow him rather than God. And we need to recognize, we need to remember too, what we studied about from Romans chapter 5 and verses 6 through 10, that all of us needed forgiveness. You needed forgiveness. I needed forgiveness. And while we, and before we were forgiven, while we were still guilty of our sins, we were enemies of God because of our sinfulness. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8. He died for you. He died for me. He died for all mankind. But all mankind individually, personally, are responsible for coming to him as the Savior. God won't make us come to Jesus. That's our personal responsibility individually. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 3, Paul wrote, But even if our gospel is veiled, that is, covered, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, lowercase g, referring to the devil, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now, does the does the devil make somebody not believe in God, not believe in Jesus as their Savior? No, he can't make you not believe. But if you give him room in your life, he will continue to work on you if you do not cast him out by turning to God and walking with God. Remember James said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we do that? We submit to God. We draw near to God and then there's no room in our life for the devil. But as long as we are not walking with God, we've got the door of our hearts, of our lives open to allow the devil in and work on us through all kinds of ungodly influence. We need to recognize that he is there, he is real, and he wants our spiritual, eternal destruction. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, he's also identified as the prince of the power of the air, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. Paul's talking to Christians here who have turned away from the devil, who have come to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness and salvation, who have become Christians. But you once walked before you came to Christ, before you became Christians. You once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, the sons of disobedience. While God is the ultimate authority, the ruler, Daniel chapter 4 and verse 25, He does allow the devil certain latitude to operate in this world. And we need to always be on guard against the devil's ways. He does not like us. He's not cute. He's not cuddly. There's nothing good about him. He's our deadliest enemy. We'll conclude our study next time. Let's pray now. Father, help people to open their eyes and help us to keep our eyes open against the wiles, against all of the ways and the workings of the devil. Guide us to not let him have any place in our life and help people to recognize that they need to put him out of their lives by coming to you and walking with you in faithful obedience consistently. We pray for souls, Father. We pray for salvation for souls and we pray for our salvation of our soul. Please, Father, we pray. Gracious Father, be merciful with us. Please forgive us. In Jesus' name, amen.